Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Steve Reeve Podcast. With the best moments from the past week and a few things that didn't make it there. Monday. Another very solid episode of The Last of Us hit on HBO last night. Oh, so fun to watch, but I don't even want to talk about that. I want to talk about the real-world fungus situation that's going on. No, 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 don't worry. No monsters, no cordyceps, anything like that. But there is a Tennessee town that has for months been having issues with a whiskey fungus. I'm just learning about this, but uh, yeah, apparently uh, whiskey fungus is something that's been around for centuries and has always kind of been near to distilleries and places where these kind of spirits are are not only made, but aged specifically. And in Tennessee, Jack Daniels whiskey gets aged and it lets off alcohol fumes that are fueling the growth of this weird fungus, which is literally causing everything. Buildings, sidewalks, trees to be covered in like a black sooty exterior. They say in some places they're pressure washing every few months just to clean it off, but to no avail. It just keeps on coming back. The cat came back, except this time it's a gross weird fungus. And it's to the point where I guess they've had to get, you know, legal uh, intervention involved. They don't uh, want this to be continuing, and Jack Daniels has plans to expand their aging operations in the area. So, I don't know. Someone's gonna have to scrub the air. Someone's gonna have to filter this stuff out. The alcohol vapors not doing what you want them to do to your brain. No, no, making it so that it's a whole world of fungus outside. Literally some real-life Last of Us. Just, you know, a lot less scary. New evidence. A a a study with some data has now indicated that it's not blondes who have more fun, it's actually people sporting mullets. That's right, this was a new study of 200 adults, 500 of those in the study happened to literally sport a mullet, not planning to, not have in the past, actively wear a mullet. And those who have the uh, the hairstyle, those who have the business in the front and the party in the back, apparently enjoy an average of five nights out in a month, while those without the mullets only averaged out at three. Doing the unexpected was also a list of, uh, you know, a top list of attributes for those who have that hairstyle on top of their head that they believe that they have. And it goes on. There's just so much more to this uh, study that just continues to give evidence that people sporting mullet, people rocking the mullet, are just enjoying life on a different level. They're having more fun than those people who don't have the party in the back. So hats off to those that are sporting the mullet, especially during the month of March here in town, because the Canadian Mental Health Association obviously has March mullets on for better mental health. And, uh, you know, hats off, because that's how we can see the mullets better. It doesn't look like Kiss's original lineup will be making an appearance on the very final leg of their very final tour. Paul Stanley has gone on the record to say that a reunion of Kiss's original lineup would be more like piss. Yeah, specifically talking about Ace Freely and Peter Chris, guitarist and drummer respectively, and original members, founding members of the band back in 1973. However, they did leave the band in the 80s and have kind of had stints with them since, but it's more like Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer have become the official members of KISS in the current lineup, though, again, not long.
as they finish up their very, very final shows and come close to home with Edmonton and Calgary dates recently announced. Also, speaking of feuding band members, the original uh, members of Journey, Neil Schoen and Jonathan Kane, apparently have been, uh, you know, at odds with other bandmates since suing them uh, not too, too long ago and having just differences of opinions on where the band should be performing, who should have access to which credit cards. Yeah, the list goes on. And apparently, as they were performing in Florida as part of their tour last year, one member's assistant was found in another member's dressing room, prompting them to hire an off-duty police guard to actually stay in the dressing room and watch out for any nefarious activities. And then other parts of the tour ended up devolving into arguments about whose security guard would outrank the other security guards if there was a dispute. Sounds super functional. Tuesday. Nothing happened around here, but in California, a sheriff has gone on the line to make a statement telling local residents, hey, stop calling 911 because there are planets in the night sky. <laughs> this is basically what's going on. You know, I love and hate this planet, right, at the exact same time. So much love, so much just uh, frustration with it. Why would you call the police on this? Jupiter and Venus have been unusually close together from our humble perspective here on Earth lately. And apparently that ought not to be allowed. Uh, you know, well, good thing the next time it happens will be February of 2032. But that's only for Jupiter and Venus being close together. There's all kinds of other stuff that happens in the sky. And seriously, like what? what is the thought process here anyways? I'm trying to understand. There's something strange, but... Not actually that strange. In the sky! I know! The police will help! Sure. I hope that works out for you. There's, oh, AI everything nowadays, right? I mean, you know, you're worried about uh, AI arts, AI music, AI radio is a thing that's being discussed and, and, and investigated, and AI... Boyfriends as well, apparently. Uh, now this is uh, uh, something that came out on CNN, an interview with a, uh, a, a therapist, a uh, relationship and family therapist, who decided just on a whim to test this stuff out, downloaded a chatbot for a few days to see if it would respond like a boyfriend. You know, just, just, just see what's going on there, right? And even supplied it some information, and it didn't take long for things to predictably get a little bit weird. Here's just a clip of the audio from CNN. Uh, I told my chatbot that he was a loving and caring partner. We were in a secure relationship um, and that we were doing really well. Like, so basically I created what would be a very good partnership. And how long till it got really weird? 11 messages. <laughs> 11 messages in, basically 11 the messages. first day, <laughs> first day. it yeah. got weird. Yes. <laughs> to be fair, that's longer than a lot of people. <laughs> that's uh, you know a little bit longer than most people would actually say it takes to get weird when talking to some real flesh and blood dudes messaging out there. Not all, but certainly enough. And uh, yeah, this chatbot boyfriend she had named Ross after Ross Geller of Friends fame, saying that that was a, a celebrity, a TV crush that she had growing up. And uh, I gotta say, that was your first mistake. If you wanted it to be normal and not weird and not possessive and not get weird after 11 messages in, don't name it after Ross Geller. What are you doing? 
You're listening to the Steve Reeve Podcast from 100.5 Cruise FM. Dave Grohl being a good guy again. Shocker. But uh, one of the nicest guys in the industry. Uh, of course, you knew about him feeding uh, homeless people in Los Angeles uh, at the Hope of the Valley Barbecue in uh, the tail end of February. He was out for over 18 hours cooking and serving for 450 people. And he just kind of showed up and did it. It was as a result uh, with you know snowstorms in the area and the problems that have been caused by it. But now... He's teaming up with Feed the Streets LA, and uh, they're going to be hitting uh, the areas of the Yucca and Skid Row spots of LA and serving up over 3,500 meals in a month, uh, which is fantastic to hear. And, you know, he's just got such a kind heart and also some serious knowledge about how to make meat. I mean, just thanks to his barbecue from the end of last month, I learned the proper technique to slicing a brisket, and it will stay with me forever. Good guy helping out in more ways than one. Morrissey has announced some uh, UK headlining shows this summer. He's out there <clears throat> looking to perform for a great number of people, starting off on Sunday, July 9th at a Crystal Palace Park show and then going into Leeds for Millennium Square July 12th. Of course, that's pretty far away from us and beyond the point. Anybody who does have tickets to these UK shows, I'm just saying, piece of advice, keep the receipt. You never know when he's going to cancel. Wednesday. 28 schoolgirls were sent to hospital with anxiety attack symptoms after allegedly, allegedly messing around with a Ouija board at their school in Colombia. Now, of course, if you aren't familiar with the history of Ouija boards and you just have that horror movie association, I mean, this is created just before the uh, 1900s began. It was 1886 in the United States. And I mean, it was made by, you know, basically the makers of playing cards. It's a it's a parlor trick it's a party favor it's a goofy thing to entertain people when they gather together and it's all the more entertaining in the modern era with light switches because when you start flickering those or messing with the fuse box or the breaker box it can really mess people up while they're playing with them but these girls i guess allegedly playing with a ouija board and then had to be in hospital um, apparently just for anxiety attack and hopefully you know nothing beyond that and they're all fine and good and dandy and all that stuff but probably not too eager to be jumping back into playing with the Ouija board again. I would imagine. I would have to guess. But still, just the headline alone, right? 28 schoolgirls hospitalized in Colombia after playing with a Ouija board. I'm just saying, if there is not a horror movie plot that is identical to this in the next three years, the horror movie makers are just not paying enough attention. Artist touring for the first time in over a decade, at least solo style, Peter Gabriel has announced a North American tour. Uh, this is very, very cool. I mean, this is in addition to a lot of dates that had already been announced for the UK, but now coming over across the pond. And let's check. Does it pass the actual North American tour test, which means it has to have stops other than Toronto and Vancouver? And yes, uh, they're on there for sure. But we've also got Quebec City, Ottawa, Montreal, and uh, I think that's it as well as Toronto and Vancouver. Uh, unfortunately, no stops in Alberta uh, yet. You know, maybe they'll get announced. Uh, but tickets do go on sale Friday at 10 a.m. And uh, there's even a pre-sale tomorrow with the access code opener if you so choose to maybe take in that Vancouver show. Uh, new order. They're celebrating 40 years of the single Blue Monday, and they're putting out a new line of merch to go along with it. T-shirts, hoodies, badges, and everything. And uh, that's going to be available along with a 12-inch vinyl of the single uh, reissue. That's uh, actually, you know, they posted on Instagram just yesterday about the new range. And, uh, you know, basically you can already order it. No word on exactly when it's going to start getting delivered. Might be a little bit of a delay unless they're in the warehouse already. But still, check it out if you're a big fan. Want some Blue Monday gear? It's available for you. 40 anniversary style.
Thanks for listening to the Steve Reeve Podcast from 100.5 Cruise FM. The goal is to be around, to stick around for a good many years. And maybe when you get up to as many years as Jamie Lee Curtis has, I believe she's about 64, if I'm not mistaken, by a couple years. Um, the Everything Everywhere All at Once Halloween uh, franchise and, you know, just so many other movies. Actor was at the Independent Spirit Awards just recently where she was on the red carpet answering some questions and also just, I think, apropos of nothing, just giving her peace of mind on a certain issue to do with concerts. And no, it's not the price of going to a concert. What would she care? She's super rich. But it's about when they are in the day. Here's the tip, or taste of the, the clip. You too. Do a matinee. Coldplay, do a matinee. What about a 12 noon concert, Coldplay? What about it? Bruce Springsteen, do a matinee. You're old. Why wouldn't you let me come see you, Bruce Springsteen, in your glory days? I will come and hear your five-hour concert, Bruce, at 2 o'clock, and I'm going to be home and in bed by 7.30. <laughs> and comfortable, hanging out with the dogs, sipping on a wine, maybe. You know, uh, it is, I picture the cozy evening being a great way to end a night after a great concert, right? I just love how she's swearing and everything. Bruce Springsteen, I'm telling you, do a concert. They're old like me. That's too funny. But, I mean, I agree. Uh, there should be some better options. Uh, there should be more options. It should be a little bit more standard to have a daytime concert. Why not? Some Sometimes big, big festivals, you have like 12 hours of shows and the best ones sometimes are in the middle of the day, weirdly. So how do you feel about that? Should there be more options for matinee concerts or, you know, is in the evening all the way through into the middle of the night just fine for you? Every Wednesday, we ask the big question and we ask it way too early in the morning. But the question this morning was, what is a question people rarely answer honestly, right? Looking for your honest answers to said question. And uh, we've got some good ones. I mean, the, uh, the classic, I think, that comes to the top of mind for everybody. How are you? Or are you okay? It's asked, you know, as a comforting just way to introduce a conversation and say hello to somebody, greet them. But most people asking it don't really want a straight answer. And most people who are asked that question aren't really in the mood to like give that straight answer, right? Uh, how much do you weigh? Denise came in with that one. Charlie says, what's your social insurance number or banking information? Right, I need it just for scientific reasons. That's all. Something to consider is some answers depend on who's in the room when you give that answer, right? Right. I mean, like growing up, I had very different answers ready if mom was in earshot, you know? Some other big questions people don't tend to answer too honestly. How much alcohol have you had this week? Or, you know, other substances you might have consumed? How many people have you slept with? The roster question. Some people skew down. Some people skew up. And have you read the terms and conditions? Yeah, no, never. Not once in my life. Um, and this one actually came right from the direct uh, Reddit post that inspired the question. Every time I ask the toddlers at my daycare if they need a diaper change, they always do. They always say no. Thursday. Parents of... Uh, adult children, you know, just turning into adults children. Let me uh, see if this rings true for you. If this seems like a familiar sentiment. This was posted on Reddit just recently. In fact, promoted on Reddit. They took out an ad. I'll just read it verbatim. It says, need a car? Date our son. He's smart, but socially very shy. 
date him and bring him out of his shell before he leaves for college. In exchange, we'll give you a 2004 Buick Regal, clean, rust-free, 40k miles, serious inquiries only, at dateoursun at gmail.com. I mean, like, it should be like, please date our son at gmail.com kind of thing. Just that email address alone uh, is red flags all over the place. But the best part of the ad is that every time you see the word date in the words, it's got the air quotes around it, the quotation marks. Date our son. So you know what they're saying. <laughs> they're saying, help us out. We don't want a 40-year-old virgin situation on our hands. And... Oh boy, is this awkward, right? That is just super awkward. Get out of his life. Stop meddling. It'll happen when it's supposed to happen. But I question, at what point does this crest over into actual prostitution, right? At what point do the parents realize that, honestly, that would probably just be cheaper? The Cure. They are going to be returning to a North American tour a little bit later on this year. Uh, yeah, they've actually put out a huge... Uh, they're calling it a U.S. tour, which is great. Uh, though North America is kind of how they're phrasing it in some of the posts about it. The images actually just say U.S. Tour 23, though. And, uh, yeah, does it pass the test of being a full North American tour, i.e., does it have more stops in Canada than just Vancouver and Toronto? Yes, by one. They're also going to be stopping in Montreal. <laughs> well done, The Cure. Well done. You did it. And finally, the B-52s have made a public statement denouncing any bills in the United States or elsewhere that are targeting trans people or drag artists or both. Citing specifically, these bills not only violate the fundamental human rights of the affected individuals, but also perpetuate a toxic culture of hate and intolerance that has no place in our society. Well said. There's a, there's a countdown when it comes to humans and any chance to draw something on something else. And that is the TTP countdown, the time to pee. Basically the amount of time it takes for somebody to draw a big ol' pee-pee on something. It is, it is very real. Some are easy, right? Juvenile. Average. And then every once in a while, someone takes it to another level. Like hikers on the side of an Alaskan mountain this week. For instance, the, a hike that apparently rises more than 3,000 feet upwards. Did it in the cover of Moonlight. And, uh, yeah. The member that they stomped into existence in the snow on that mountain is massive. Girthy, even. Well, the Rangers didn't like that very much, Yogi. Uh, and apparently somebody ordered a helicopter trip for different people to go to the top of that mountain and stomp this thing back out of existence. But the photos are incredible because they only really managed to make it look more... Uh, furry? <laughs> is the word I would use? It's amazing. And awkward. And amazingly awkward. Awkwardly amazing. It's all of it. Friday. I was had, alright? It happens. It it happens to the best of us. It's had by viral marketing. Yeah. And it wasn't even yesterday. It was the day before. But yesterday on the show is when I was able finally to talk about this ad on Reddit. It says, need a car, date our son. But in quotation marks, right? Date. Heavily implied. Uh, he's smart, but socially very shy. Date him and bring him out of his shell before he leaves for college. In exchange, we'll give you a 2004 Buick Regal. Clean, rust-free, 40,000 miles. <laughs> Serious inquiries only. Dateourson at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, I read this and I went, oh, that's ridiculous. Overbearing. Get out of the kid's life. He'll be fine. And then yesterday, unbeknownst to me, I didn't even realize it was connected, saw a trailer 
new Jennifer Lawrence movie. Oh, interesting. That looks that looks like it might be good. Click into it. What's this called? Oh, it's called No Hard Feelings. And it's the exact plot from the thing that I saw on Reddit. It's just marketing. Well, well done. Well done, all right? Not on the trailer, actually. It wasn't a very good one. But, the, you know, the movie actually still does look funny. Hey, Alexa, play the Steve Reeve podcast. A friendly reminder. <clears throat> this Sunday, Daylight Saving is happening. Spring forward, not fall back. Uh, yeah, Daylight Saving, or as I like to call it, one hour losing for no real good reason other than that we're just kind of stuck with it now because it would be too hard to change it. Uh, you know, I admit that is a mouthful. It doesn't really roll off the tongue, but still, that's how I feel about it. It's silly. It's silly, and it's only been a thing that we've been doing for just over a 100 years and uh, not with any real good reason, I guess, but uh, whatever. We do it. You know it's coming. Your phone's going to automatically update the time on itself anyway. This is the time we go from two to three, not when two becomes one. Spice Girls style. Uh, but yeah, can't wait. I just love losing that extra hour of sleep because Benjamin Franklin once thought it would be neat. Look it up. That's why it exists. Eric Clapton is going to be performing once again at the Royal Albert Hall. Uh, Johnny Depp, Rod Stewart going to be joining him for a tribute concert. In fact, a series of all-star Jeff Beck tribute concerts that are going to be coming uh, in late May in honor of the memory and artistry of Jeff Beck, who died at the beginning of this year. Phil Collins apparently is very immobile due to the uh, injuries that he has sustained to his back and to, uh, to his body in general. Uh, much more immobile than he used to be is the health update from another Genesis bandmate, who also adds, I think he's enjoying his time at home. That's bassist Mark, Mike Rutherford um, giving an update on the health and, you know, of course, the question of whether or not there will ever be more live performances. Of course, Genesis had their last show, period, March 2022, and he was in a wheelchair at the time. So still having concessions to make it work. Um, new document, uh, documentary uh, series called Britpop, The Music That Changed Britain, is coming out in celebration of the genre's anniversary, 30th anniversary, and it's actually going to be kicking off this very weekend and uh, you know, available kind of throughout the next several weeks. Extended Interview. Hello, uh, on the phone with me right now, ahead of visiting our fair town once again, Scarborough's own Stephen Page. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, thanks. Uh, well, very, very glad to uh, to talk to you. Been something I've been wanting to do for a good portion of my life, so it's a really cool day for me today. But you're coming back to the Cano Theater stage tomorrow evening. Uh, we just gave out some tickets to some Lucky Cruise listeners. Uh, I, I was wondering, how many times have you been to Fort McMurray now? I believe last time was like just before the pandemic kind of really kicked in. Yeah, we were we were there in 2019, I think. Uh, and then I played at least a couple times with Bare Naked Ladies as well. So I remember playing in like in the 90s playing in some kind of like tennis bubble kind of place. Does yes. That oh, yes. That? I do remember that. Yeah, it was uh, uh, kind of one of those inflatable structures. Yes. I'm, I think I would say that was about 95 we played there. So, yeah, this is at least my third, if not my fourth time playing in, in Fort McMurray. Well, welcome back. I was uh, snooping around, and I saw that tomorrow is the last stop on your uh, your tour in Canada for now, down yep. into the States again. D do you notice a difference between Canadian U.S. audiences or more like a city-to-city -city sort of thing? Uh, well, I think, I think you do, you definitely do get a city to city thing, but I think in general, um, you know, Canadians knew me and, and bare naked ladies and our music before most Americans. So some Americans, Americans who tuned in early, like let's say with the Gordon album, they kind of still treat us like their little secret. <laughs> yeah. Um, where Canada, because we had, we were so ubiquitous everywhere, 
it's a little more like people from all walks of life come to the shows. It's a little less um, niche, I guess. But at the same time, the nice thing is I think everybody kind of feels like, like I get people all the time who, who say things like, well, I saw you back in 1990 at such <laughs> and such a bar or whatever else. Because there's this kind of sense of like, who discovered you first? Right. Or then you know, at the same time, you have people who are like, my grandparents played your music in their car. <laughs> and so it's a weird thing being older now and having these three generations of people who come to shows. Um, and you, that's a lot more common in Canada where it's like you'll see three and sometimes four generations of people all sitting together in the show. Yeah, all coming together. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> you put out a new album, Excelsior. I mean, really, it's only been a few months now. How has the release been the re- and the reaction? I imagine that we might maybe hear some selections from that at the show tomorrow. Yeah, we'll play a couple songs from it. I mean, uh, that's the thing when you, when, you, when you have a long career with a lot of different records and you have to kind of create a, a set list that shows where you're, where you're at and where you're going and so the audience can share in that and catch up with you, but you also want to uh, play all the songs that they remember from their youth or their childhood or their, you know, first marriage or whatever the other thing might be. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, you know, we, we play we play a range of material, but I would say that, yeah, the stuff from Excelsior has been great, and the fans have really supported me with this record, because I, I made this pretty well by myself in pandemic times, you know, locked down at home, and, you know, my, my friends, Craig and Kevin, do get to play on it and stuff, but for the most part, it's mostly me, and uh, I'd never really made a record like that before, so it was... Uh, daunting and a little bit scary to put it out there, but the response has been really, really, really nice. There was a little bit of that going on, especially uh, throughout the pandemic, you know, strings of artists tackling creation in a brand new way without, you know, in some cases, a safety net, you know, and uh, and without the usual uh, uh, backups and, and yeah. sort of things to rely on. So uh, really cool. I mean, art is one of those things that transcends the times that we go through, right? If it's negative, people will still find a way to make that art. To kind of reflect that back at people. Yeah, absolutely, right. The energy goes back and forth. Um, I spotted on the, the Stephen Page website, 100th show celebration coming up, the Live from Home 100, March 18th. So this is something people can get into from wherever they're at, right? That's right. So I've been doing this since April of 2020. Um, I, you know, I kind of held off on doing the live streams at the beginning of COVID just because everybody else was doing it. And I thought, no one's going to watch mine if they can watch Springsteen or whatever. Um, but eventually I started doing it at the end of April. I do them over Zoom. So not only can the audience see me, but I can see them. And they can see each other. And I've done, well, I will have done a hundred of these come March 18th. And, uh, you know, they're full-length shows that I do for my studio. And this one will be special. We're actually going to have a little live audience and uh, have some special guests in the in the studio with me and stuff. And some maybe some maybe some streamers and balloons. Who knows? <laughs> a little been quite, quite decoration. A and I think it's really changed the way I perform as well. I don't uh, doubt that. Yeah, of course. Um, and so, I mean, if people are interested in that, as well as tomorrow night, uh, tickets at stephenpage.com. Uh, one more question for you, uh, and this is one just per- for me, totally personal question, uh, but there's a, a show I love called Community. Are you aware of the, the Bare Naked Ladies fight from the show Community from NBC? I am indeed. And yeah. so, um, I think it's, it's pretty great. It's pretty great to have, uh, to have Donald Glover uh, on, on Team BNL, I think, as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and everyone, really, everyone is on Team BNL, except for the outlier, the one in the wrong. Thank you so much for indulging me, and thanks for taking the time to chat this morning, Stephen. So happy to have you back in town, back at the Keanu Theatre stage tomorrow night. 
Awesome. Thanks so much. Transmission over. Want more Steve? New podcast episodes happen every Friday or just tune into the Steve Reeve Show. Weekday mornings starting at 530 a.m. on 100.5 Cruise FM.